Um, hello. <laughs> um, we'll be reading uh, Matthew 5-6 from the ESV. So if you guys could turn there. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sammy. I didn't, I didn't prepare that. Don't blame me. Whereas this is <clears throat> today, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to take another pause from preaching through our core values. I know we're on number seven of nine, so we have three more core values to cover. Um, but we're going to take another pause because today we have the Pastors Cafe and Pastor Marcus is preaching over at Itaewon. So I'm going to pick that up next week and uh, preach on supernatural is natural next week. And uh, yeah, we also want. Um, Maybe some extra time at the end. Maybe do a little supernatural is natural. Not just preach it, but, you know, demonstrate the kingdom with, you know, signs and wonders following. Right? So maybe we'll have some time for prayer next week. Give me 30 minutes, bro. All right. All right. So uh, today I'm going to just preach a message called A Hunger for More. And uh, the Word of God says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will, they shall be satisfied. Or in the NIV, it says, for they will be filled. You know, when we hunger for more of God, God promises that he will fill us. Amen? Amen. You know, the Bible talks about our Christian walk. You know, and our Christian walk, we're supposed to be transformed from glory to glory. We're supposed to be experiencing increase in character growth. Increase in our knowledge of his word and our relationship and our intimacy with God. We are to be continually increasing in authority and in power. We as Christians, you know, our Christian walks need to be characterized by that glory to glory experience. But how many of you guys know that even after a very powerful season of growth, we can all of us, the best of us, we can hit times of stagnancy. And why is it that we get stagnant from time to time? Why do we get stagnant? And how do we kick out of that? And I believe uh, a lot of times we get stagnant in our spiritual walks. Uh, it's because we're not, we're not being filled. We're empty. And... Uh, why are we not filled? Why are we empty? And that's connected to there's a lack of hunger in our lives. You see, if we, if we have a hunger for more and more of God, God promises that he will continually fill us more and more. But it is when we begin to wane and disregard that hunger for God, that hunger for more, that is when we start to hit stagnancy and then we stay in stagnancy. That's not a good place to be, brothers and sisters. Tell your neighbor that's not a good place to be. (laughs) 
Brothers and sisters, are you hungry for more of God? Do you have a hunger for more? Well, let's take a little test. Okay. How is your hunger for God? And how is your hunger for food? Okay, let me ask y'all a question. How many of y'all in here, you ate something yesterday? You ate food yesterday. Raise your right hand. You, you ate food yesterday. Okay, that's almost everybody. Raise, lower your hand. You ate food more than once. You ate food twice yesterday. You, you had three meals yesterday. All right. Well, th- those are the uh, ballers, people with a lot of money. They can eat three meals a day. The rest of us, we try to survive on one or two. <coughs> now, let me ask you guys another question. How many of y'all, you took time aside to read the Bible yesterday? Raise your right hand. What's going on? Where is everybody at? All right, that's, that's maybe half of you. How many of you guys, you took two times yesterday to pray or read the Word of God yesterday? You set aside, okay, not like pray, like not just pray for your food that you're about to eat, <laughs> but pray, you know? Okay, so about maybe one, one-eighth of you, one-tenth of you, all right? Now... We can see clearly every single day we have a hunger for food that hardly ever gets denied. (laughs) But why is it that our hunger for more of God often does get denied, often gets forgotten, often gets neglected? Does the problem lie in God? Is God not satisfying? Is God less satisfying than 된장찌개? Is God's word less nourishing than 삼겹살? I mean, why is it? Is, is it, does, it does the problem lie in God and His word and His presence? And the answer is, of course not. Right? The problem is not that God and the Bible is not satisfying. The problem is that our hunger often is very small. I'll make a point here, right? I love spending time in God's presence. I love digging into the Bible. I mean, I, oftentimes I'll, I'll just start opening up. I'll start studying footnote to footnote, study note to study note, reading commentaries. I can lose myself hours at a time. And I'll just love it. I enjoy every moment of it in God's presence. Sometimes I'll get revelation and I'll just start writing, journaling. I'll get a sermon and I'll, start, I'll just start writing down sermon notes for a future sermon. I mean, I love spending time in God's presence. Sometimes I don't get nothing. All I do is just lift up praise to Him. And I just feel so alive. I feel at peace. I, I could be angry, really angry about something one moment. And then I'll take time to pray and now my anger will calm down. I just feel the, the peace of God. I love it. I feel so good. But I also love spending two hours watching a movie. I like surfing Facebook. It seems like Facebook, once you surf Facebook, time goes into some kind of warp. Because 
starts to go so quickly. And you haven't gotten really anything of substance other than just a few funny pictures and links. But anyway, I love doing that. I, lo- I enjoy it. I-, I won't lie. I enjoy it. And so do you. And even even playing uh, PS3, playing, playing Madden. I love just spending hours just playing Madden. All right? And without... Uh, if I didn't have proper self-control, I would probably you know, spend entire days playing Madden. And some Koreans, man, they'd be up in the PC bond. I mean, they'd be, they'd be loving that stuff. All right. Um, but out of all the above, if you ask me, what do I enjoy the most? And this is not me trying to be a pastor. This is my honest answer. Out of all the above, what I enjoy most would be, my answer would be, spending time in God's presence. Hands down. And people who really, they're filled with the Spirit, they're experiencing that intimacy with God, they're all answered the same way. You have taste, if you taste the goodness of God, there's nothing that compares. Drugs, alcohol, none of that compares. But if you ask me which of the above activities have I frequented the most, I will probably answer Facebook, yes. Because <laughs> that time warp thing. No. Uh, in fact, if I was to answer honestly, the activity that I enjoy the most, spending time in God's presence, is probably the activity that I do the least. If I really compare it to those other activities. Now, why would the activity that I enjoy most get the least action? Why? It's, it, the, the reason is not in that I don't enjoy it. I love it. I, I, I love it. But it's just that I lack a hunger for it. That hunger that drives me to go and set aside that time. That hunger that has me schedule it into my schedule book and, and, and not compromise no matter who calls or who tries to try to you know get into my schedule. I lack a hunger for it. And we're all adults here, right? It's like sex. <clears throat> now I'm talking about holy sex, marriage covenant sex. All right. I know many of you are single, but let me just let you know of what is to come. When, when, when married couples have sex, when they make love, they enjoy it. Amen, Ryan? Amen. Amen. No, we, we enjoy it. I mean, it's, it is wonderful. It's wonderful. And, you know, and it's, it's just like Satan to take something wonderful and twist it and, and, and try to contaminate it and make it dirty. But um, it's very wonderful. But why don't married couples, why don't they do it more? <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, I I understand. I used to think the same thing when I was single. You know, Um, if I was in that, yeah, you know. Now, the reason is, um, you know, there could be strife, there could be stress, there could be strain, there could be other things that are keeping them busy or keeping 
their minds on other things or they're anxious or something. You know, it could be a lot of various reasons. But when, when it really comes down to it, uh, it's because they lack a hunger for it. It, it. There's a technical term for it. It's called libido. Right? <laughs> when there is a deficient libido, the couple, although they love making love to each other, they're probably not actually going to do it. All right. And in that same way, there is a hunger inside each of us that we, we got to learn how to nurture that hunger. We got to learn how to give attention to that hunger. Because that hunger is more than just, is, is way better than a hunger for food or a hunger for sex. This is a hunger for God, the living God, the God who gave you life, the God that gives you purpose, the God that knows the end from the beginning. The God that can build you up and conform you to the image of his son. He, we we got to nurture and give attention to our hunger for God. But too many of us, we get too easily satisfied with the crumbs of the world. You know, we get up on the internet. We get up on Facebook. You know, we start looking through YouTube channel. We could spend hours doing that. And then after that, we're just, oh man, I'm... I'm I'm satisfied. That was that was a good use of my time. All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and go go to bed or something like that. We, we get too easily satisfied with the crumbs of the world. There's a huge feast and buffet set before us, but we're still eating the crumbs off the floor. Now. And on top of that, I also think that many Christians, we, and this including myself, we don't get bothered enough when we hit periods of stagnancy in our spiritual walk. A lot of times when we hit a stagnancy, we tend to blame God for it. It's like, God, what's going on? Or we blame our pastor. It's Pastor Christian's fault. His sermons have been off these days. It looks like he's not studying the word enough. Man, Pastor Christian, man, you better get on it. You better feed me so I can get out of the stagnancy. But what I'm here to propose to you today is, there's nobody that can be responsible for that hunger but, for your, but yourself. And that's your responsibility. And when you hit stagnancy, you got to let that bother you. You got to be like, this isn't right. I, it's, it's fine that I hit it, but this is not where I'm going to stay. I'm going to keep on moving out of this thing. But too many of us were like, oh, I don't know what to do. I guess this, these are the cards that are dealt me at this time. What can I do about it? And, and, and today I want to highlight that if you will nurture a hunger for more, you can find yourself out of any stagnancy period at any time, at any time in your life. You know, two people can sit in the same sanctuary. They can sing the same songs. They can hear the same sermon. They can pray the same prayers. And then one person can walk away filled and another empty. One person can walk out of the sanctuary transformed and another unchanged. How, how is that possible? They got all the same stuff. They sat through the same service. How is one person completely, radically transformed and the other person still struggling with doubts and depression? 
And I'm telling you right now, the difference is in the hunger. You see, our God is the sender and the bender. This is what Pentecostal pastors like to preach. God is the sender and the bender. Meaning, when the Holy Spirit starts to rush upon a room and fill a room, Holy Spirit starts searching everyone's heart. And if you're there and your, your attitude is like, God, what you got for me? Come on, bless me. I know you're good. Do something good to me. All right, if your attitude is like, you know, just, you know, whatever. Blase, blase. God's sovereign. He'll do what he wants. If that's your attitude, all right, you can get all the same stuff. Ain't nothing going to happen. You know why? Because God is the sender and the bender. Holy Spirit will search your heart and go, oh, I guess he's not that excited. I'm not going to force my way in. I'm going to go find somebody else. Oh, snap. Sang Ho Kim. Wow, what is going on here? It's like a magnetic attraction. This guy is so hungry. And the Bible says, Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, The eyes of the Lord range throughout the entire earth, seeking to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. In other words, when your hearts are fully committed to Him and your hearts are hungering after Him, the eyes of the Lord they will search this sanctuary. And he will send fresh power, fresh grace, fresh outpouring to the one that is hungry and will bend it, that same outpouring, around the person that's just uninterested. That's just like, oh, God, come on. We got to have a hunger for more, amen? amen? In the Bible, there is a man named Cornelius. This is a man that had a hunger for more. He, he wasn't even a Jew. He was a Gentile. And he had done his research. And he had sought out the true God, Jehovah. And so he was opening himself up. He was giving uh, alms. He was giving gifts to the poor. You know? And he was praying to encounter the true God. He had a hunger for more. Even though he did all his research and he found out some, he had a hunger for more. And you know what God did? God gave Peter a vision. And in God's sovereignty, he was going to do this anyway. But he didn't have to do it with Cornelius. But God gave Peter a vision of this blanket of, of unclean animals. Told Peter to kill and eat. You know, did it three times. Peter's like, never, I'll, eat, not, I'll never eat that stuff. Or, and God said, whatever God has made clean, do not call unclean. And after this vision, God leads him to Cornelius' house. And for a Jew, it was forbidden in their culture to eat with the Gentile. But Peter was led by the Holy Spirit to go in there. And let me tell you, Cornelius had a hunger for more. Because Peter, while he is preaching his sermon, you know, normally when I preach my sermon, I, you know, everyone is respectful here. I finish my sermon. I do a closing prayer. And if the Holy Spirit's leading, I may say, all right, we'll do an altar call. If this and this fits your description and you want to receive prayer, come forward. And then you come forward and you receive prayer. And if the Holy Spirit blasts you, you get blasted, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Or if he doesn't, you know, you just receive it in faith, right? But for Cornelius, while Peter was in the middle of his sermon, he got filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. 
I think a few times it's happened in my, in my preaching ministry, often in the missions field. But one distinct time, I remember I was in the Philippines. I went to a, a Bible school. It was a high school of Bible school students out in General Santos, out in the southern Mindanao Muslim uh, islands of Philippines. And I went... And I remember we went to that school and we were sweating because it was so hot and humid. And we were doing these skits and then their uh, mic system wasn't very loud. And so the music, they couldn't hear the music. And there was a big room and they were just getting tired. And, the, and nobody looked like they were interested in nothing. And the team is just like glad that they just got, got over with it. And they're just sitting down and just drinking their water and all that stuff. And as I'm preaching, Holy Spirit starts coming on me real strong. I just start preaching a message that I didn't even know I had in me. And I just start preaching this message about Bethlehem and how God calls out his chosen ones from very humble places. And that not to despise their origins, not to despise their Bethlehems, not to despise the Nazareths. Because out of those places, God raises up David's, God raises up his son. Right? And so I was just preaching this message. Don't despise your humble beginnings. You guys might be living in poverty. You guys might... Uh, dream very small, but I'm telling you here, dream big because God's going to do amazing work through your life. And I started preaching this message. I wasn't done. I had like two more points coming up. In the middle of my message, this one girl, she starts shouting at the top of her lungs. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm like, amen. All right. Calm down, girl. I need to keep preaching. All right. But before I could even say that, she's breaking down the tongues. You know, and I'm just, I got to discern one moment. I got to discern, is that the devil or is that the Holy Spirit? Right, I start looking over. And I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit. She's crying, repenting. Saying, Lord, send us to the nation. Send us to the nation. Oh, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this girl, she... She had a hunger for more. I'm not sure if she nurtured the hunger or if God gave it to her in that moment. Because God can do that too. You know, sometimes God will just say, I don't care if you're not interested. You're going to eat this. <laughs> like he'll just, he'll, he'll create the hunger and then give you, you know, what you should hunger for. God does that. I mean, and this girl, man, she just, and that's what happened to Cornelius. Because Cornelius had a hunger for more of God. Do you have that kind of Cornelius hunger is what I'm asking you? Where you're like fidgeting because you're like, man, I want to get prayer. I want to I want to respond to this message now. I mean, come on. Like, do you have that hunger for more? I want to go home and I want to I want to research the scriptures to see what if, if, if everything Pastor Christian, if everything that Rachel Hyden, if everything my SPS teacher covered today, if everything my small group leader covered today, I want to see if these things are true. You have that hunger for more. You know, sometimes young people, they come up to me after a sermon and they're saying, man, your message was so good. I'm like, oh, man, that wasn't my message. Bill Johnson. All right. Heaven and Earth. Go, go get the book. <clears throat> all right. And if I if I if I give them like a book title like that, I'm like trying to I'm trying to see what they were, what they're about. Are they just trying to compliment me or are they really hungry? So I'm like, if you're really hungry, go get this book. I've had. Girls, I don't know, I, I haven't known too many men, but a lot of girls, I remember girls that when I would say that, they would pull out three more book titles from me. They'd be like, okay, that's, 
I'm going to get that, but can you give me a few more books? I'm like, what about? Oh, just give me a few books. I'm like, all right, all right, this is another good book. This is another good book. Uh, this is a good podcast. All right. And those who hunger for more, they will come back the next week and say, I read all those. You have another book you can recommend. I listened to that podcast. It was such an amazing dynamic message. Thank you, Pastor Christian. All right. That's a hunger for more. If I say that to you and the next week, you, you, uh, I'm like, did you listen to that podcast? Huh? <laughs> I thought you were hungry. <laughs> Do you have that Cornelius hunger for more? Do you have that Zacchaeus hunger for more? Zacchaeus, he climbed a sycamore tree. All right, it was a sycamore tree. Am I right? Come on. <laughs> he climbed that tree to get a glimpse of Jesus, you know? And then and then Jesus saw his hunger. Isn't that amazing? And he just crowded. Oh, so many people want Jesus, 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 come over here. And Zacchaeus is up in a tree. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, he's not going to see me. Jesus, I'm so small. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. All of a sudden, Jesus is like, Zacchaeus. I like your shoes. No, he saw his hunger. I was like, I see your hunger. I'm coming over your house tonight. And this guy had a hunger for more. Because you know what? When uh, Jesus came over and they're dining and, and they're eating together, all these like, you know, all these other uh, leaders were there. And what Zacchaeus did was he was stealing because, you know, it's typical of a tax collector. He would, he would extort money from people. And so he tells Jesus, Lord, whatever I have stolen from people, I will pay back. Is it seven times the amount? Four times, four times the amount. Thank you, Larry and John. God bless you guys. Four times the amount. All right? and, and why did he say that? It was actually in the law of God. And Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus always felt guilty. He knew that he was stealing. But here, when he encountered Jesus, the love of Jesus just filled his heart, enthralled his heart with so much uh, of this love for God. That he's like, man, I'm just going to go all the way and I'm going to pay back everyone that I've wronged. Up to four times the amount, which is what the law required. Zacchaeus didn't have to do that. He could have just said, Lord, I'm going to stop stealing from today. Isn't that what a lot of people today will do? Well, let's see. I didn't. I wasn't uh, tithing for the whole year. Uh, I'm going to start tithing today. But you you know, a person who really hungers for more. They will actually say something like, all right, I'm just going to break my bank, but I'm going to just try to squeeze it for a little bit. I'm going I'm to I'm pay back the tithe up to three, four months back. I'm going to give it all to the Lord. That's a hunger for more, brothers and sisters. Are, do you have that Zacchaeus, Cornelius hunger for more? You know, truly hungry people, they don't just eat anything. They're picky about what they eat. You know, and it's, in, in the natural, it seems opposite, right? In the natural, if you're hungry, you eat anything. I'll eat anything. I'll eat a horse. You know, I don't know why people say that. We don't even eat horses in, in America. By the way, we don't eat horses in America. All the non-Americans. But normally, when you're, when you're really, really hungry, you just eat anything. But 
in God's kingdom, people who are truly, truly hungry, they're picky about what they eat. You know why? Because they know that they got only so much they can digest, so much they can contain at one time. And so instead of just filling that up with crackers and water, or instead of just filling that up with TV and Internet, all right, they, they're picky and they look for things that are going to nourish their soul. They look for, they don't just listen to any podcast. They don't just listen to any sermon. They go out of the way to find Pastor Christian's old sermons. <laughs> they look for things that are nourishing, that are rich. Hallelujah. And in the natural, if all you eat, all the way you respond to hunger, if all you do when you, when you get hunger and the way you respond to it is eat junk food, it'll mess you up. Did you guys see my Facebook wall this past week? There was an interesting iPhone app that takes a picture of you. It's called, it's called the Fat Booth. And uh, it takes a picture of you. And then it um, transforms you into what you might look like if you ate junk food every day. All right. All right. If you, if you really look closely, it looks really real. That looks like me on Super Size Me. You know, like if I ate McDonald's and Taco Bell every day for like... Three months, this is what I would look like, right? In the natural, if all you do is to respond to hunger by eating whatever, eating junk food, eating whatever comes easy, eating whatever's cheap, if that's all you do, it'll mess you up in the natural. Well, guess what? In the spiritual, it's the same way. If all you go after is what's easy, it's whatever somebody gives you, that's all you eat. I mean, let me, let me, let me, let me preach here. Let me preach here what's on my heart. Because so many young people... A lot of them act like little babies. People that grew up in church, been, with, been, been in church for a long time, they act like little babies. You know why? Because so many believers, they want breakfast in bed. They don't even want to get up and go, go find it themselves. They want it in bed. They're too lazy to even get up and find it themselves. So if their pastor is not preaching good messages... They start thinking, well, maybe I should switch churches because I'm not getting fed. Well, look, if you're a baby and you just became a Christian, maybe they'll understand if you say that. But you've been a Christian for eight, ten years. And you come up to me and say, I want to switch churches because I'm not getting fed at my current church. Well, I got news for you. Get up out of your bed. Go into the kitchen, search the scriptures, search the internet, open up your Christian books, and go feed yourself. What kind of babyish little... Why are we even allowing that in our church culture today? I don't get fed. I don't get fed. I don't get... Man, go feed yourself. What about in the natural? Do you ever tell me you don't get fed in natural? I don't... uh, Why you look so hungry? I ain't getting fed. Look, babies get spoon-fed. When you are mature, you go find yourself something to eat. You can find it at a McDonald's. Or you can find it at a nicer restaurant. But, look, you got to go. Oh, you find it. You do it in your own kitchen. Or, you, you know, you go find your own food. But, look, don't ever complain that you're not getting fed. You know, in today's world of technology and podcasts, there is no excuse. 
Maybe like 200 years ago, I'm not getting fed. Oh, there's no internet. I feel bad for you, brother. If you got to go back in the future, you know, you'd be like, man, go find some podcasts. They're like, what is that? Right? Obviously, they, they, but today, you can order books. You can go to websites. Every church in the, did you guys realize in the last four years, churches used to charge you $5, $15 for a cassette of their sermons? In 2003, I went to Rick Warren's church, Saddleback, and right afterwards, they were boasting because they had the cassette uh, tape recording of the sermon that we just heard. And they had it like 30 minutes or 10 minutes right after the, the sermon service was over. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Let me get one, you know? And I, how much is it? $15. Oh. <laughs> Let me get one. And, you know, you buy it anyway. But don't you realize that in the last four years, it's all become free. Every church, I mean, if you're, unless you're a dinosaur church living back in the 80s, right? No church sells cassettes and CDs anymore. Even CDs. If you're a church that's still selling CDs, you're, and you're burning them and you're like, oh, look, we just burned the CD of the message you just heard. Here you go. The churches don't even do that. They say, here you go. Here's a piece of paper with our URL. Go check it out and download it for yourself. But sisters, there's no excuse. You can't say, I don't get fed anymore. There's plenty of resources out there. Go feed yourself. You're not a baby anymore. Yeah, you will get fed here. You will get fed here. But look, if this is the only meal you get for the week, there's something wrong with your Christianity. If, if, this, if, you, if this Sunday snack time is the only food you eat, physical food you eat for the whole week, I would say you are messed up. <laughs> Your mama didn't teach you something. But it's the same way in the spirit. Y'all need to get fed. Y'all need to get fed. And look, check this out. If you got a hunger for more, you're going to be picky about what you're going to feed yourself with. What, you, what you're going to fill yourself with. And I guarantee you that if you take the time to find rich resources, God will breathe upon those resources. Because, you know, you can fill yourself with it, but it's got to be God who breathes upon it. He's got to be the one filling you. Because if all you do is knowledge puffs up, it just leads to pride. God's got to breathe his spirit upon those words. Right? And so, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. Nurture your hunger for more. Prepare your own meals. If you're a leader in the church, prepare your own meals for your small group. Don't email me and be like, what should I, what should I t- cover this week? I will not reply. <laughs> prepare your own meals for your own children. Father the fatherless. Buy Christian books. I just got to drive this home today. We have got to read Christian books. How many of y'all in here, you've read more than 10 Christian books? Raise your hand. All right, let, me, let me start. How many of y'all have read more than 25 Christian books? Raise your hand. <laughs> God bless you. How many of y'all have read five Christian books? At least five Christian books. Come on, there's not even half of y'all. Come on. 
We got to read more books. And I'm not saying let Christian books replace this. This has got to be your norm. This is what you come back to. But you got to supplement the Bible with the wisdom of faith-filled, spirit-filled people that have gone before us. Why reinvent the wheel? Why relearn the same things that they learned through painful toil? You can, you can, you can, you read biographies, you read books. These teachers will teach you. And guess what? God may have not given you a teaching gift, but He did give somebody else one. And you can't be like, well, God didn't give me a teaching gift, so I can't get as rich stuff from the Bible as Bill Johnson does. No. If that's your situation, then you go find those who are gifted in that area. And you listen to their sermons. You subscribe to iBethel TV or whatever you want to subscribe to. You go get the books. And you, and, you, and you nurture your hunger for more. Drive yourself out of the place of stagnancy. And get filled with more of God. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to close with this. Next month, it's the last month of this year. And this year is the year of epic faith for our church. That was a theme verse and theme of the year was epic faith. Is increase our faith, God. And you know what? God's done that. I covered that uh, last week. How God has done that. He's been stretching us, challenging us. It's been one of the most busiest years that we have ever had. And God's been really increasing our faith. But guess what? God is not finished. We got this month and we got December coming up. And in December, we have a revival called Collide, where Pastor Del Augusta is going to come, and he's going to rip it up. He's a powerful speaker. He's, he's going to rip it up. But let me tell you right now, those who have a hunger for more will come to Collide, and they will have a collision with God. But those who just kind of show up, like they show up to a movie. Let me see what this movie's about. You come with that attitude, you'll probably leave the same way. Brothers and sisters, I want to stir up your hunger for more of God. Lord God, I got to have more of you, more of your revelation, more of your wisdom, more of your anointing power to heal, more signs and wonders. More character. God, I want more of you at any cost. And encourages us. Pay anything. Travel any distance. Seek out whoever you need to seek out. In order to get more of God. And sometimes that's what we got to do. We got to go and connect with someone that we don't know. We got to go and, and ask for prayer. That means sometimes coming up to an altar call. Whatever it costs, get more of God. Nurture that hunger for more. Let's pray right now. Father, we just thank you so much, God. I pray that with this message going out today, I just speak words of life right now, God. I pray that the heart of stone will be turned today into a heart that hungers after you, God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We stand on your promise, and I pray, God, that you will open up the hunger and thirst of every person in here, God. For you have said yourself in John 7, 37, 
Whoever is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. I thank you, God, that as you fill your people with more and more and more, God, as your people are filled, out of them flows living water. Hallelujah. And so, God, we thank you that with every blessing, with every increase from glory to glory, with every new outpouring, there is a purpose. That's to be what Ryan and Carolyn are doing here. It's to, to, to go and bring transformation, to bring life where there is death. To rebuild and bring restoration where there has been destruction. It's to allow living water to flow out of our lives. So God, fill us with more and more and more. So that God, lots and lots of living water will flow out of our bellies. Fill us, God. Prepare us for more outpourings in these next few weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.